This is Tech Guide with Stephen Fennec, the podcast that keeps you updated and educated. Tech Guide, episode 554. Hello and welcome to the show. Great to have your company once again. My name is Stephen Fennec. I'm the editor of techguide.com.au. On this week's show, the final chapter of my EV story, and I'll be turning my back on Tesla. The App Store breaks the $1 trillion mark in 2022, and the bargain large screen TV you'll be able to buy soon at Aldi. In the Tech Guide reviews, we take a look at the new Motorola Razr 40 Ultra folding smartphone. Blue Ant has launched a monster Bluetooth speaker, and Uniden is giving away solar panels with its wireless security cameras. And we'll answer all of your questions in the Tech Guide help desk. And it's all brought to you by Netgear, the company that keeps you connected, and Norton, the company that keeps you protected. Will any of you listening to this podcast, the Tech Guide podcast, as well as the Two Blokes Talking Tech podcast, both the podcast and the private feed, have been following the saga of my of my EV journey, uh, especially since Tesla decided they weren't going to make the right-hand drive Model S, the new model of the Model S, which I had an order down for nearly two years ago and was waiting patiently for it to be delivered, they informed me in an email that they will no longer be making, bringing the Model S to Australia. The right-hand drive is gone. And so was my order. So I was left hanging. And in the email, I was offered a $3,000 discount for to, to if I wanted to buy the Model 3 or the Model Y. And I've got to be honest, I, I contemplated uh, staying in the Tesla family and just just specking up a Model 3 that was that would try to get close to the sort of features that you know, that I would have found on the Model S. But I decided to look elsewhere. I, I thought that getting a Model 3, and I see so many of them on the road now, I'm, I'll be just one of millions of people driving the same car. So I decided to look elsewhere. And, and when I got my first EV, five years ago, I have, I've had the, the Tesla Model S for five years. I am selling it, by the way, if you want to check out my ad on car sales and, and Gumtree. But um, I, I, at the time, there wasn't much choice. It was, it was Tesla or nothing, really. And, and I remember when I got into the Tesla Model S to, to drive it, to write about it. So I was offered it just a, as a media loan. And I immediately thought, wow, this is my next car. This is incredible. And, and at the time, I was driving a Mercedes-Benz uh, model model uh, uh, E-Class. And um, I'm thinking, wow, this is pretty special. And it, it turned out that I that would, it, did, it did become my next car. And uh, I've, I've loved it ever since. And I still love that car. The Model S is a great car. And it has gotten better over time, which is funny to say, because all the software upgrades and all the improvements, it has actually, it is a better car today than it was when I first bought it five years ago. But the time has come to make a decision. And I thought that, yeah, as I mentioned, going to, to a Model 3, I think was a bit of a backward step for me. And I had originally, I had test driven the Mercedes-Benz EQE 350. 
But when I test drove that, I was still – I just did it out of curiosity because I hadn't – I was still under the impression that the Tesla was going to supply the Model S right-hand drive later in the year. So that that the email, I hadn't received that email at the time. And I enjoyed it. I thought it was okay. But I'm, my mind was – I had already pre-ordered the Model S, so I didn't really give the Mercedes-Benz a chance. I drove it and enjoyed it, but I, I never considered it to be an alternative. I just was curious to see what it was like. Well, that's all changed now because I've decided to return to the Mercedes-Benz brand. I've, I've ordered the EQE 350-4MATIC, and uh, I'm back in the Mercedes-Benz family. I remember when I walked back in the dealership to, to, to drive the car again and to, to start, start the process, I, was, I remember the receptionist greeting me. She, she said, oh, hello, Mr. Fennick. And, and I was surprised, A, that she remembered me, and as did a couple of other people. They came up and said, said hello to me uh, and called me by my name. And it amazed me that I said to the receptionist, I said, oh, I, haven't, I haven't been here for five years. I've been a Tesla driver for five years. She said, oh, really? Okay. And, and at, at the time, uh, I hadn't done the deal yet on the car, but she said, oh, well, hopefully you're going to join, rejoin the Mercedes-Benz family. And that's exactly what I've done. It, it's, it's unfortunate. I, I, really, I really enjoy driving the Tesla, but I think that I reckon they've, they've turned their back on Australia. Tesla has really, I think, really snubbed us. Sure, you can buy the Model 3 and the Model Y. That's kind of the bread and butter models now for them. They, they're still offering the Model S in, in left-hand drive countries in the US and other parts of the world. But I think that they're it's like they're it's like they haven't gone to any effort. It's like they, they couldn't be bothered. They couldn't be bothered trying. They would certainly have made money with right-hand drive models, because Australia's not the only right-hand drive country, you've got to understand. There's there's India and England, Japan, all these other countries that are right-hand drive countries. And I just think that they they really just couldn't be bothered. That's the feeling I get. And that's why I'm not going to, my next car is not a Tesla because if they're not going to be bothered for me, I'm not going to be bothered for them. And so I'm, I'm heading back to Mercedes-Benz. And funny enough, the sales guy that I was talking to at Mercedes-Benz who's organizing the, the new car for me, he said to me, and this was what, two weeks ago now, he said that I was the third person that week who had their Model S order cancelled that had ordered an EQE. So I think it's obvious that Tesla's loss is Mercedes-Benz gain. Because let's be clear, the Model S, the new plaid Model S, it's it's not a cheap car. It's 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 a decent, it's like a hundred and fifty to hundred and ninety thousand dollar car. And so drivers who were are in that market, not all of them, despite being Tesla fans and Tesla customers, not all of them are just going to settle for a Model 3 or a Model Y. So they were looking for something of equal value in the market, and it just so happens that the EQE is at that level. In all the review videos I've watched, and I've watched many of them, this seems to be the comparison model to the Model S. It keeps being compared to the Model S, and uh, as it turns out in, in Australia, it's going to be the car that's going to pick up all the all the disgruntled Tesla drivers whose orders were cancelled and uh, they are going to, I think they're going to reap the benefits here. 
So that's uh, that's my the latest and last chapter of my EV story. Uh, thank you for following along. And I know a lot of people uh, who've heard my previous podcasts ha- have actually come up to me and asked me, well, what, what are you going to do about your car? They're, they're really keen to hear what, what I was about to do. So I thought I would share my news with you guys that I have leaving Tesla. And I enjoyed my time driving the Tesla, but it's on the market. Hopefully, it'll sell shortly, and I'll be getting into the new Merc, the EQE 350, by the end of June. So I'll, I'll probably do something. I'll do a little review on Tech Guide as well. So keep an eye out for that. But Tesla's loss is Mercedes-Benz gain. Keeping you updated and educated. Tech Guide with Stephen Fennec. Well, there's been uh, some remarkable news from the App Store, which, by the way, is turning 15 this year. Can you believe it? The App Store opened 15 years ago in 2008, and we're approaching that that land, that birthday. But there has been some news about the success uh, and the popularity of the App Store and the fact that the App Store has generated more than $1.1 trillion US dollars of sales and billings in 2022 alone. That is incredible. And Apple were very quick to point out that 90% of that total has gone directly to developers and businesses without any commission paid to Apple. So we're talking ride sharing, food deliveries, retail, where the apps customers buy the products and services through the apps. And so often they they don't clip the ticket. It's only when there's in-app purchases and various things like that is when Apple takes their 30%. But in this case, 90% of that figure, which is those digital entertainment, ride-hailing apps, food services, travel apps, all those things, which we'll talk about, they did not take a cut for those ones. This is all the result of an independent study by analysts group who uh, say that the App Store developers generated $910 billion US dollars from the sale of physical goods and services, $109 billion from in-app advertising, and another $104 billion for digital goods and services. So that all adds up to just to more than $1.1 trillion with a T trillion dollars that's just in 2022 that 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 figure has increased by 27 percent between 2019 and 2020 27 percent between 20 and 21 and 29 percent between 21 to 22 and the funny thing is this this the figures here show that the smaller developers, are growing their revenue by 71% between 20 and 22. So they're actually outpacing the larger developers. So it really goes to show that businesses, they don't, you don't have to be a gigantic business to make money on the, through the App Store with whatever services or goods you're offering. Now, the areas that experienced the most growth was, were food and grocery sales with iOS-based food delivery and pickup more than doubling Grocery sales tripled in the same period, and travel sales on iOS apps increased by 84% in 2022 because, of course, we were emerging from the COVID pandemic. Ride hailing apps, so your Ubers and Lyfts and all these others, 
they increased sales through those apps increased by 45%. I think a lot of this is customers trying the this these things for the first time during COVID. It's like a lot of people that were forced to pay the use digital payments. They, a lot of places weren't accepting cash during the pandemic and a lot of those habits have stuck, I think. And that's an example, another reason why these are these have really increased as well. But the biggest growth is in digital goods and services uh, in the entertainment category. That, that was massive also. But I told you that the App Store is celebrating 15 years in July. It'll be their 15th birthday. And in that time, it's so, it, it's... It offers developers – so here's the attraction of the App Store. It offers the developers a global distribution platforms across more than 195 markets. So, sorry, 175 storefronts offering 195 local payment methods and 44 different currencies. Imagine trying to organize that yourself. So the App Store's created this incredible ecosystem, incredibly lucrative ecosystem for – app developers and businesses to flourish and flourish they have in 2022 54% of downloads occurred in storefronts outside of the developers home countries so it's an international business that you can be running if you have an app there were more than 650 million average weekly visitors to the app store worldwide in 2022 and users downloaded and re-downloaded apps an average of more than 747 million times and 1.5 billion times each week, respectively. Since 2008, iOS developers have earned more than $320 billion and users downloading apps have downloaded apps more than 370 billion times by to the end of 2022. Right now, there are 123 times more apps than there was in 20 in 2008, more than they were 15 years ago. And in total, the App Store now has 1.8 million apps. That's a lot of apps. That's a lot of money as well. It just goes to show. And this, by the way, is only through iOS apps. No mention of Google apps here. Okay, this is all iOS. So imagine there's probably another trillion dollars on the other side of all the Android uh, app economy as well. This is all iOS apps. So yes, it's huge, but there is a whole other side that we that I'm assuming is just as big, if not maybe bigger than the App Store here. Certainly, uh, our our desi- our food and deli- food delivery services and our ride sharing apps are uh, the very popular because look look how much money they're making one point one trillion dollars remarkable. If you want to find out more, if you want to read that story in full, see all of those stats, you can check it out at techguide.com.au. Well, if you're after a big screen TV, you don't have to spend big money. That's something that Aldi has offered for for many, many years now. And it's through their their house brand, I call it. Well, it's not their house brand, but it's the brand they sell through their stores. It's Bourne, B-A-U-H-N. I'm sure you've wheeled your trolley through Aldi past the chainsaws and motorcycle helmets and seen 
those big born TVs. Well, there's a new one coming, a 70-inch born 4K smart TV. But get this, this TV is running the Tizer operating system. That's the same operating system that you'll find on Samsung's TVs. And all of this is going to be priced at 799 bucks. The special buys, this is going to be available on June 17. So mark that in your calendar. If you're after a TV, it has Ultra HD 4K resolution, 3840 by 2160. You can watch all your streaming services in their highest quality, so Netflix and Disney Plus and all those others. But as I mentioned, the TVs running the Samsung's the same operating system as you'll find on a Samsung TV. Now, Born actually makes the TV itself, the hardware, and Tizen OS is the software. It's a little bit, I liken it to buying a laptop. You can buy many brands of laptops but they're all running Windows. They're all running Microsoft's Windows 11. So in this instance, it's born making the telly and it's the Samsung, well, they share with Samsung, the Tizen TV OS on board. Now, to be clear, it's not a Samsung TV. The quality of a Samsung TV comes from the panel. So all the smarts of the TV, the QLED and quantum dot technology, that is what makes a Samsung TV a Samsung TV and with, with stunning quality and brightness, not the operating system. So don't, I, I don't want people to have these uh, un, unrealistic expectations that a $799 TV, a born TV, is going to be better than a, a $5,000 Samsung Neo QLED 4K TV. But in its own right, though, the Born TV does offer that great 4K resolution. Uh, it does offer that all those streaming services as well. And the resolution's there. It's still going to offer a lot of quality. And, and, and for, the, for the value, you're getting great quality and value at the same time. I think that's, that's a great way of describing it. It's, it's not, I'll be clear, not as good as a TV that costs five times as much because there is a reason why it costs five times as much. But still, if you're looking for a telly and you don't want to break the bank, you might we want maybe want to you got a maybe a, a, a rumpus room or a, a second room you want to have a television in and this this could very well fit fit that hole or you can have this as your main TV. It's seventy inches. It's not small. The TV has USB playback, so you can plug in a hard drive or a thumb drive into the two USB ports. It also has a LAN port, so it's an Ethernet connection, so you can connect a cable if your modem router is nearby. You can physically connect it. There are also three HDMI ports. So you can connect a 4K Blu-ray player, a set-top box, a Foxtel box, a gaming console. The choice is yours. So I think all up for 799, 70-inch 4K TV with connectivity. So you can connect your HDMI. I'm pretty sure it's got Wi-Fi as well. So if you don't, if you don't have a, a, your modem router nearby, you can hook into your home Wi-Fi as well. So look, pretty pretty much pretty much a value proposition here. It's going to uh, I think a lot of customers are going to going to be gravitating towards this new model, and it does look pretty nice. There's photos of it on there's a photo of it on Tech Guide. Really nice thin bezels and nice uh, legs, uh, nice style to the to the TV, and all of those streaming services, as I said, are at your fingertips thanks to the Tizen TV operating system. So the Born 70-inch 4K Ultra HD TV goes on sale as part of the special buys offer in Aldi stores on June 17. It's going to be priced at $799. 
And I think if you're keen, you want to see it, if you want to see it for yourself, there is actually a picture of the TV at techguide.com.au. This is Tech Guide with Stephen Fennick. The Tech Guide podcast is proudly supported by Norton. They're the company that can keep you and your family safe online. As we approach a new financial year, our digital generation is experiencing a continued rise in cybercrime and data breaches. This means it's crucial to ensure you help protect your devices and personal information. What would you do if your devices were compromised by malware, ransomware, or viruses? Or if your personal information was being illegally traded on the dark web? Introducing Norton 360 Platinum, with device security, a VPN for online privacy, parental controls and identity theft protection, with dedicated restoration support and dark web monitoring, you'll have a comprehensive plan in place to help ensure your information stays private. It's peace of mind for your devices and your identity. With Norton 360 Platinum, if you become a victim of identity theft, you'll have access to their dedicated identity restoration specialist to help you address your identity theft claim and help you resolve it. This tax time, Norton 360 Platinum is available at Harvey Norman, JB Hi-Fi or online at au.norton.com. And now, a Tech Guide review with Stephen Fennick. Kicking off the reviews, I've just got this in my hand, the new Motorola Razr 40. This is, oh, the 40 Ultra is the new folding smartphone that has the largest external display of any flip phone. It's 3.6 inches on the outside, and inside is a massive 6.9-inch POLED display as well. So this is uh, just been announced. I've actually managed to get it in my hand. I'm holding it in my hand right now. So this is my little first look, a hands-on review. It's going to be available in three colors. Infinite black, which is what I've got here. Glacier blue. Actually, no, I think it's glacier blue. The bottom half is blue. And Viva Magenta. And it's powered by the Snapdragon 8 Plus Gen Y mobile platform. Now, at first glance here, I'm just looking at it now. So it, it does have a large front screen. It actually, when, when it's folded, and it folds quite flat and compact, by the way, when it's folded, the entire half, like one half of the fold on the outside, so the entire front of the phone is a screen, which is huge. So you can have your display the time, you can type out a message, you can do all kinds of things. And the cameras, the front cameras are also embedded within that real bit of real estate. You open it up, of course, and you've got a 6.9 inch display, which is which is pretty large. It is really like it's, you th- you, I'm putting it next to the, the Galaxy S23 Ultra. Uh, and it's actually, oh no, it's, it's about the same, it's about the same height as the as the Ultra, maybe slightly taller, but it is narrower. So it does offer a narrower but slightly taller look. It's sort of got a bit of a – if you put a place on its side, it's got a wider aspect ratio. But I'm really impressed with the, the screen and the hinge. The hinge apparently is a totally redesigned system. 
So it has a, it's got a teardrop hinge with what they call dual access tracking to reduce the size of the system. Now, in conjunction with the ultra-thin layer of glass, it says that it provides a near creaseless look and feel. And I've got to say, it is pretty good. It's hard to even see the crease in this thing. I'm shining it in the light now. I can barely see it. It's much smaller than the Galaxy Z Flip 4 uh, and also also not as visible as the Oppo Find N, the, that, that, the Fold, the, the Flip for the N2 Flip. That's the other. That's the other device on the market. Funny enough, same price, fourteen hundred and ninety nine bucks for the Razer Forty Ultra. Now, what Motorola has done, they've actually released a, another folding device. They've just called it the Razer Forty. This one I've got in my hand is the Razer Forty Ultra with the massive front screen. They've also released the Razer Forty, similar, exact, almost identical to the Razer Forty Ultra, but it's got a much smaller external display. So that's the main difference there, and that's much cheaper. It's $999, so it's 500 bucks cheaper for not having that big display. But I reckon the big display is what makes it because you want to be able to do a lot with this phone when it's in the folded position. That was one of my complaints with the Galaxy Z Fold 4 was there wasn't much you could do on that front screen. You can do little things, answer calls, various things like that. But I found that 80% of the time I had to stop, use two hands to open it and use two hands to operate it. And that to me defeated the purpose. Opening the device should be an absolute treat. It should be something you want to do when you can relax or if you need to multitask. It's not something you should have to do all the time. And so with the, the Razer, 40, Razer 40 Ultra, this front screen, I think, is, is, is a winner because you're able to do so much without actually having to open the phone. You can see who's calling. You can respond, messages. You can see all your notifications. And there's going to be, no doubt, a lot of apps that will run independently on the front screen as well. So I think that the decision to have that large display and what I'm hearing is that in the, in, the, in the next couple of months, we're going to see Samsung's fifth generation folding devices. So we're going to see the Galaxy Z Fold 5, but we're also going to see the Galaxy Z Flip 5, which is very similar to the Razer Ultra, all identical form factor. So basically a fold that folds in half, a phone that folds in half. That's exactly what the Oppo Find N2 Flip is, and that's exactly what the Razer 40 Ultra is as well. So it'd be interesting to see what Samsung comes up with, whether their device actually has a screen that takes up the entire front uh, of, the, of the device in the folded position as well. I'm hearing the rumors are that it will be much, much larger. Version 4 had a bigger screen than the version before it. So one can only assume that the further along you get with the generations, the larger the front screen. And I hope that that also applies to the Galaxy Z Fold 5. Uh, my, my ideal phone would be the Fold 5 if it had a screen as wide, almost as wide as the Galaxy S23. If I could use this a lot more in the closed position and with a flat hinge, which is what I'm hearing as well, there used to be a little gap in the hinge so the phone was like wedge-shaped. Now that is totally going, it's going to be totally flat uh, as, as we've seen with, with Oppo and now with Motorola. So that's what I'm hoping for with the Z Fold 5, that that front screen, looking at the front screen, you think it's a regular phone, and then, whoops, you pop it open, and then, hello, there's another screen here. 
That's what it should be. It shouldn't look like this little skinny phone that's only there to do a few things. It should like look like a phone in its own right that actually happens to open up into a much larger screen inside. That's my ideal. But back to the Motorola, the camera systems on here, there is a 12 megapixel main camera and a 13 megapixel ultra wide camera. So they're on the they're on the front of the of the phone. And when you when you open up the phone, they become the cameras on the back of the phone, if you know what I mean. But they the, these cameras can also be used to take selfies because you can actually see yourself in the screen when it's in the folded position. So there's the 12 megapixel main camera, 30 megapixel ultra wide camera, and if you open up the phone, there's a little camera peeping out the very top of the screen, the, of the top of the 6.9 inch screen. That's a 32 megapixel selfie camera, so you can use that for selfies and video calls. Now, the device also is able to be rested at an angle, so there's lots of opportunities to capture content, to shoot yourself in, on video or to uh, take, your, take a, a, a video call as well. So uh, that, that's handy. The onboard battery is a 3,800 milliamp hour battery. So they, they're saying it's an all-day battery, and it also has 30-watt fast charging. So what I found with the Oppo Find N2 Flip is that the battery would struggle a little bit by sort of mid to late afternoon, but plugging it in for 45 minutes, you're back to 100% again. So I think that's kind of the approach that Razer, that Motorola is going to take with the Razer 40 Ultra. Now, it is $1,499. It's going to be available for pre-order from June 13, ahead of a July 10 release. Now, the Razer 40 with the small front screen, $999. It's got different colors as well, sage green, vanilla white, and summer lilac. Pre-orders kick off on July 10 for that device, and that goes on sale on July 21. If you want to check out the Razer 40 Ultra, you can do that. You can take a deep dive and check it out at techguide.com.au. Good old Aussie company, Blue Ant. They're out again with a brand new X6 Bluetooth speaker. Now, this isn't any old speaker. This is a monster. This is a big speaker you carry around, powers your parties. It's a large portable speaker. goes anywhere with you to provide that huge sound. can easily fill a room and then some. And there are also 15 light modes on board. So it does have the flashing lights if you want to have your impromptu disco. Now, under the hood is 160 watts of power. Now, that's a lot. Punchy bass as well. I think it's got. I think one of their bass is uh, psycho bass or something. It's, it's a funny term for their really good bass. There are two two equalizers also tuned by audio engineers, so you know that the sound you're getting from this monster speaker, the X6, you know it's going to be pretty good. Now the speaker is if this could really power your party. It's uh, customers have been asking for this sort of speaker that has a handle on it. You can carry it from room to room. And it can play all your music. But the X6 has something extra. It's got two microphones. So it could also not only just play your music, it could also, it can be your your little karaoke party. It can have the some karaoke battles going on. But it doesn't stop there. There's also a guitar jack. So it turns the speaker into an amp. If you want to entertain your friends with your musical skills or you want to make a bit of money on the side busking, You've got a ready-made amp to take with you. It's also possible if you if your a mate has an X6, 
you can tell him or her to bring it around and you can pair them so you can double the sound and you can keep them up to 30 metres apart. So say you've got a party in like a big big backyard, you might tell a friend, listen, bring your X6 as well. I'll have your one on this corner of the yard. Mine will be on the other corner of the yard. Playing the same music, linked together, it's just going to make a much bigger sound. So everyone's getting equal equal volume from, from the speakers. Now, you can, of course, stream your content from to the speaker using Bluetooth, so from your smartphone, or through a connected device via the auxiliary in port, or you can put in a USB a USB drive or, a, or a, a thumb drive, or even a micro SD card. It'll play content off a micro SD card and a USB drive. So it's not just a stream. There are those other modes as well. Now, battery life is pretty impressive too. Up to eight hours off a single charge. But you can also, if you want to, it comes with a power cable. So if you want to run it off AC power for endless playback, you're able to do that as well. Now, how much is this? I hear you ask. The Blue Ant X6 is 579 bucks. But if you're a Telstra customer, you can pick it up for $440 using cash and or points via the Telstra Rewards program. Well worth a look. If you like your music big and your party's big and you need a speaker to power it, the Blue Ant Party Speaker, the X6, could be just the right product for you. If you want to check it out for yourself, you can find it at techguide.com.au. Now, I know that people are very conscious of their security and UnitEnd uh, has been a sponsor of the Tech Guide Guide website. They advertise on our website, have done for years. And they've come up with a pretty cool offer. And if you're in the market for some cameras, security cameras, they are giving away free solar panels with every eligible Uniden AppCam Solo 2K wire-free camera. So you buy one camera, you can do that single pack. Uh, You can get one solar panel for free. If you buy the, the twin pack, you get two solar panels. Are you following my drift here? If you buy the quad pack, guess how many panels? That's right, four solar panels, which if you were to buy the panels separately, they're 99 bucks each. And two of them, of course, is $199. Four of them are $399.80. So if you are in the market and you want to protect your property, but also having the solar panel, you're not having to get up and charge the battery every two months. You can just set and forget these things. So if, if it's got a solar panel, it's it's topping up the battery all the time throughout the day and uh, will work, of course, throughout the night because the battery's full. And then again, the next day, sun comes up and Bob's your uncle, you're going to be powered all day. So no getting up on ladders, no removing batteries to charge it, no connecting cables. If you have a solar panel with the camera, you are able to keep that thing charged up the whole time. Worth uh, That is a worthwhile little promotion here. Uh, So I think if you are in the market, it is definitely worth checking out. And these cameras, of course, can withstand the elements. They're outdoor cameras, so they can handle the weather. 
And so the having a solar panel means there's no downtime on the camera. You're continuously recording and capturing footage. You get a 120 degree viewing angle as well. And being being uh, solar powered, there it's going to be a seamless recharge, non-stop power during daylight hours, of course. So make sure that the Super HD footage is recorded and viewed without the risk of your battery running out. So that's the beauty of having a solar panel is not having to charge a battery. The unit end cameras are all pretty cool and those free solar panels just make them even better. If you're in the market, I think you should check them out at techguide.com.au. You're listening to Tech Guide with Stephen Fennec. The Tech Guide podcast is proudly supported by Netgear. They're Australia's number one Wi-Fi brand. If your home demands superior Wi-Fi, treat it with a masterpiece in connectivity. Bring your Wi-Fi up to speed with Orbi Wi-Fi 6E from Netgear. Orbi Wi-Fi 6E is the first and only Wi-Fi 6 quad band whole home mesh system opening an exclusive all-new 6 gigahertz superhighway that's fine-tuned to deliver unprecedented Wi-Fi speeds and smoother streaming simultaneously across the smart homes of today and tomorrow. It's Wi-Fi perfectly engineered. Wi-Fi 6E, the fastest Wi-Fi ever. Find out more at netgear.com.au forward slash best Wi-Fi. All your tech questions answered. This is the Tech Guide Help Desk. This is the Tech Guide Help Desk, and it is brought to you by our great mates at Belkin, belkin.com forward slash au. They've got you covered if you're after a MagSafe product, if you're after earphones, if you want some charging cables, power banks, you name it, they've got it. Check them out at belkin.com forward slash au. Now, I'm going to share a little tip with you that I'm really surprised more people don't know. And it's for you iPhone users. I don't know how long you've been using your iPhone, but you may not know this little feature that I'm about to lay on you. Now, we do a lot on our iPhones. We scroll and scroll and scroll, whether we're on social media, websites, Facebook. By the time you get to the bottom of the screen or the bottom of your camera roll or the bottom of anywhere and you want to get back up to the top again, I see a lot of people rubbing down on the screen to try to get to the top. Well, here's a little tip for you that you may not know. If you touch the time in the top left corner, if you're down the bottom of a page or the bottom of your camera roll, the bottom of anything, it will take you to the top. Touch the time takes you to the top. Am I hearing sounds of amazement out there? Did you know this or not know this? I'm hoping this is really helpful that you didn't know this because it has been a game changer for a lot of the people. And I'm talking people I've known for years that have been using iPhones for 10 years did not know that feature. So I'm happy to bring it to you. If you didn't know that yourself, you're welcome. That is the end of another Tech Guide episode. Thank you for joining us for episode 554. If you made it through this far, kudos to you. We love you. Thank you for hanging in there. Uh, anything we've spoken about, of course, you can find at techguide.com.au. Everything that was on the podcast, you can read more about it at our website, techguide.com.au. And we'd love to hear from you as well. So drop us an email, info at 
techguide.com.au or alternatively, click the Ask Stephen icon and that will open up a form that will end up as an email in my inbox. So have at it, get into it. If you need to ask me a question, we could be using your question in the Tech Guide help desk. We also want to give a special thanks to our great sponsors, Netgear, the brand you can trust for all your Wi-Fi needs, and also Norton, the company that can keep you and your family safe online. Thanks for listening. We'll be back with another show next week. So until then, stay safe and stay connected. 